nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Do it, bro. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 191, July 16, 2019. It was 102 degrees on this day in 1926. Those were the pre aquaside years, so the kids were tangled up in evil weeds. Mm. 51 degrees on this day in 1911 and 1958. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king. Fireworks Commissioner and Keeper of Common Sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. As long as so many GLers are always uh, northbound and down on Highway 61, I want you to get up to Forest Lake and stop in at EcoFun Motorsports. Affordable scooters, mopeds, youth ATVs, youth snowmobiles, full line of Yamaha motorcycles, and best of all, the Bintelli e-bikes. I have a Bintelli e-bike. I'm telling you something. It's uh, revolutionized bicycle riding. Five levels of assist, and you can also just hit the thumb control and cruise up to 20 miles an hour with no effort at all. Stop in and see for yourself and take a bike test ride at EcoFun. Tim will be more than happy to set you up with a test drive right there in downtown Forest Lake. Uh, you're going to love it. And in uh, no other store in Minnesota offers an on-the-floor display of electric bikes that compares to what you will see at EcoFun. And at EcoFun, you are not going to pay the crazy prices they charge for e-bikes at shops that exclusively sell bicycles. Also, as I said, a full line of Yamaha motorcycles, dirt bikes, ATVs, side-by-sides, top-notch service department. Uh, I'm telling you, it's a store that sells fun. EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake, EcoFunMotorsports.com. Look who, who is the latest who's customer. Who's the latest guy? At Eco. Is that Bob Fletcher? That is Sheriff Fletcher from the Ramsey County Sheriff's Department. Came back in today to EcoFun Motorsports to get his fifth Bintelli M1 Fat Tire Electric bike for the department wow. to use. He loves them. Really? Oh, cool. The department is using the them? The department is using them. And they're getting them from EcoFun? Yes, they Wonderful. are. The Wonderful. reach of Garage Logic. All right. And Sheriff uh, Fletcher is a is a listener of the podcast. I, I know. I know Fletcher very well. Say, uh, we're going to be joined here in a few more mi- minutes by uh, uh, Lawrence Rudnick, who is a distinguished professor of astrophysics at the University of Minnesota. We've had him on previously. He helped us understand, we think, the black, black hole. hole. <laughs> uh, but, but he's on today. You know why? Because, because, I, because I'm interested in this. Okay. Uh, I'm interested in something called the Fermi Paradox, uh, created by a physicist named Enrico Fermi, uh, who died in 1954. So this, this has been around a long time. Larry told me that on the phone. He said, oh, yeah, it's been around a long time. Uh, well, I just got exposed to it. And it's, uh, the paradox essentially is this. Uh, if this wasn't even Fermi's strong suit. Enrico Fermi was a nuclear 
right. designer and creator and nuclear scientist. But he so won he the did. Nobel Prize. Yeah, but and not he went for to this. go collect it in Sweden. Yep. And then he left. He didn't want to go back to Italy because of Mussolini. And then went to the United States. And so he didn't have a career of laughing at fart jokes. No, God, he was. So wait a minute. He got out of the country to go get. He was. In a, he ended up living in America. Well, wait. Tell that again, Matt. So he won the Nobel. He was an Italian. He won the Nobel Prize for um, neutron or atomic stuff. And then he went to go claim it, which is in Sweden. Sweden. Oh, Sweden. And then he from Sweden went right went to either America. right to the U.S. Yeah, and went to work oh, in that's Chicago. Fantastic. So he comes up with this, and we. I, this is what Professor Rudnick will have to verify or debunk. As many stars as there are in our galaxy, 100 to 400 billion, there are roughly an equal number of galaxies in the observable universe. So for every star in the colossal Milky Way, there's a whole galaxy. Altogether, that comes out to a typically quoted range of between 1022 and 1024 of the total stars, which means that for every grain of sand on every beach on Earth, there are 10,000 stars. I have so, a hard time grasping that I do that too. Alone. Right. I do too. But... The paradox that Fermi is is saying is, well, where the hell is everybody? Because when you continue to break down the math, he comes up with there could be 500 billion sun-like stars providing sun for billions of other Earth-like planets. Yeah, and and so that then they say, welcome to the Fermi complex. Where in the hell is everybody? And I'm I'm just fascinated by that. And there's a number of there's a number of theories and explanations. For all I know, Professor Rudnick is is in a school that either buys into this or doesn't. And and what I also like about this is it, this isn't coming from some black ops uh, website. This is a, a noted uh, physicist from years ago who developed the Fermi paradox. But so where is everybody? Everything about this is speculation. Yeah, these are all just theories from learned people. Right, yeah. right. But they're better they better that they're theories from learned people than us. Right. 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 Nobody's going to buy our. <laughs> right. Because my deal is we're all just a big Petri dish. Well, we're going to get into that with the professor. Well, which is a very dumbed down version of something extremely intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> we have, there is no answer to the Fermi paradox. The best uh, is possible explanations. And if you ask 10 different scientists what their hunch is about the correct one, you'll get 10 different answers. Uh, Can so, I ask you, Catholic, something? Sure. Where does Jesus fit, fit into this? Well, that's an interesting question. And I'm serious. I'm not trying so to poke I. you. Uh, I was talking to a fellow about this Sunday. Some entity had to first create matter. Why does it have to be an entity? Well, how else would matter get created? Joe, we're so out of my pay grade, I can't even answer <laughs> Well, you you put me in a position of proving to you that I'm out of my pay grade. I'm trying to answer you. <laughs> but what do you? But what does it mean to if, if, if you start don't, matter? If you don't believe there was a beginning, then you have to believe it always was, is, and will be. That's 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 what you're taught in Catholic school. Right. Aside from Adam and Eve, what about the non? I got, you know, what about the non-believers? They, they, I, I don't have an answer for you, and I don't want to be confused at this point. I'm trying to profess possibly yeah. Big Bang. I'm not sure. This is, uh, it is a great mystery. You better get all of this out of your system now. <laughs> We're going to try to find Jupiter, Saturn, I would specu- and Uranus. I would speculate it's easier for non-believers. Well, yeah. <coughs> Are you comfortable? Yeah, well, so- I make a good living. 
Here's what fascinates me about the Fermi paradox, if it's true, is okay. how infinite must the must the universe yeah. be? Yeah, right. How and infinite it, must it be? It's the true definition of infinite. But when they it's say just forever, when they say it keeps expanding, that's when your mind goes, "Okay, the universe is contained." And it keeps expanding into what? what? What's on the outside of the outer edges? That's where I my mind can't compute 10 to the 22nd power. But you guys keep thinking that there's some type of wall structure around everything. Right. I'm not thinking that. Right. But the, no, the, that, that's that, the impression I get, right? Yeah, and that, that's the impression that's I just me. got from what you yes, just said. That's me. I see the, the edge of the universe. Like we're in a giant Nike shoebox. Right. <laughs> and then it's, but what's beyond? I don't, I don't. See? We got her. But see, apparently when we look at a star here in the United States or anywhere in the world, you're looking at a very small neighborhood in the universe. So what got the likes of Enrico Fermi thinking is, well, if we're just looking at a very small neighborhood, let's start doing the math here. Then they start doing the math and they come up with these incredible numbers of of how many Earth-like places there could be out there. And that's why the paradox is... Where the hell are they? You used the word like. Did I? Similar. similar but I think I, think I used it correctly, didn't I? <clears throat> That's how mind-blowing this is to you. You just used the word like. <laughs> sort of, kind of. Kind of. Sort of. Well, call, uh, call the professor. There's so many different theories, too. I mean, and, and then they go on in this article that we've both read and tweeted uh, to say, you know, we're sending radio signals out there, and uh, they're not getting listened to. And uh, <laughs> just maybe that act alone is kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, I'm out in the woods, and the buck is saying, "Over here, dummy! Right here, <laughs> shoot me! I, I'm just, I'm just right over here. Take a shot at me." Well, and why should? Right? Isn't that the yes, same? Thing? Why should we be so arrogant to think that uh, whatever alien beings are out there would respond to radio waves? Okay, we're having our, we're joined by our guest professor. Uh, Lawrence Rudnick. Hi, Larry. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm depending upon what you throw at me. Well, <laughs> good luck, sir. Yeah. Good luck, because we do- are dumb. I've been doing deep breathing just to get ready. <laughs> well, you are a uh, professor at the University of Minnesota and uh, astrophysicist. Is correct. that correct, sir? That is correct. And you were very helpful to us when we tried to stumble our way through the understanding of the concept of a black hole. Mm-hmm. And as I told you on the phone, uh, I, I personally have just become very interested in what's known as the Fermi paradox right and and uh, you are telling me that it's been around a long time uh, Enrico Fermi died in 1954 right yeah th- this is from 1950 or so when and, he first articulated it and this isn't even his claim to fame he was a nuclear scientist right oh yeah, yeah. no we we revere him as a you know a physicist he did fantastic work and his name is associated with a bunch of different phenomena that we use all the time so yeah this was like a sideline so, to fellows in your industry, this Fermi paradox is absolutely nothing new to you. It's it's not new, but it's it's sort of it, it's a kind of thing like we don't really have an answer to it, mm-hmm. and we don't like things that we can't even approach, and so we just we don't talk about it very much. Where are you personally on it? Oh my God, I knew that was going to come. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the, here's the deal. I am a big Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. I am a believer that there must be other intelligent life out there. Mm-hmm. And I am in favor of one of two options. Well, have you described to the 
to your listeners what the Fermi Paradox was before I got on. Not well enough. <laughs> oh, so let's, let's define it first. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so what Fermi did was he said, <clears throat> um, let's assume that the Earth is not special. Okay. So that's the first assumption. And, you know, we used to think that the Earth was special, you know, historically. The stars went around us, the sun went around us, or whatever. And then we found out that we were just one planet in this solar system. Mm -hmm. And then we thought, okay, the solar system is special. But then we found out, no, there's 100 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy that we're a part of. And we're not special. We're just one of these little stars. And now that we've gone out and we've searched other stars, we have found thousands of planets around other stars now that we know of. And so in, in that sense, we're not special at all. So Fermi was right when he said, I'm going to assume that Earth isn't special. And then you ask, well, what are the chances that there's life elsewhere? And then you, you really don't know how to answer that except to say, well, if Earth isn't special, then it should have developed elsewhere. And then there's one other critical assumption, and that is we are the newcomers. And let me take a minute. I'm, I'm really going off on a long tangent. but it's That's fine. Okay. I appreciate it. Okay, so we are the newcomers. That's a critical argument. Everybody else has been around longer than us. And, that's, and let me explain how that reasoning comes about. Suppose, um, so for the last few billion years, there's been all the right conditions for life to develop on different planets and stuff. We, here we are, and we have just entered the last couple hundred years, the technological age. It's only 100 years since we've been flying airplanes and, and uh, having radio transmissions and stuff like that. So we're very, uh, we're very recent. The question is, what about the other civilizations? And <clears throat> the best analogy that I can think of is, suppose you had a slot machine. It's got three numbers on it, and you, you pull, the, pull the lever, and up come the numbers. And we and you, we get nine ninety nine, mm -hmm. and and then we would say, well, you know what, we're one of the last ones. You know, if we got nine ninety nine, it's not likely that all the other people got who who ran this thing got got uh, larger numbers than us. We are the recent kids on the block. So since we, I don't know if that was a coherent explanation. <laughs> I'm just struggling here. If we of, of the, all the billions of years that we could have been developing, we just developed recently. So if there are other civilizations out there, they're much older than we are, and they must be traveling through the galaxy. So Fermi asks, so where are they? Mm -hmm. You know, if all that reasoning is correct, what, why, why aren't they here? So my answer is, my, I have two answers. One is, it's harder than we think to explore the galaxy. So he did some calculations, and people have done calculations, and thought in maybe about 5 or 10 million years, if we wanted to, we could be covering the galaxy with spacecraft. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's unreasonable, because it's only 100 years since we have cars, even, and we've been to the moon. So that's like crazy. How do you go from cars to the moon in 100 years? So in 5 million years, yeah, we could be spreading spacecraft throughout the galaxy. So one possibility is that it's really just harder than we think. Um, the other possibility is they are out there, and they're, they're, not they're not ready to welcome us into the club. 
I was going to say, maybe they're not interested in us. Well, or they're just waiting for us. See, there's the Star Trek coming out. Mm -hmm. Because in Star Trek, there was the prime directive. If they come to a civilization that doesn't have space travel and isn't really ready, their directive is don't interfere with them. Don't Mm -hmm. even let them know that there are aliens that exist that are observing them and stuff. So... I don't know. In my fantasy world, I kind of, I kind of like that one. That there is this galactic club out there, and we're just not members yet. Isn't the prime directive? Didn't that actually come from Fermi, or not? I don't think so. Um, where did they? Where well, did they get that? Really, that's a really interesting question. Who first came up with that? I would have guessed Isaac Asimov, but I don't know. But that's a, that's a good question. We can put it on the table for another time, where I can <laughs> Google it right now. What's the Kardashev scale? The Kardashevs. Kardashevs. Yeah, um, that's there's type one civilization, type two civilization, and type three civilization. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a really interesting concept because <clears throat> when we were pre-technological society or even early technological society, we were working on a scale like how how big is our effort, and the answer was it was pretty local. Like you could plant a field. You could burn some trees, you could burn some wood or whatever, and what you did would influence things locally. Anything that you did would, would influence things locally. You weren't influencing the whole planet. We are now at a scale as a civilization that we are influencing the whole planet. We turn over more soil than nature does by virtue of farming and road building and stuff like that. That makes us a type one civilization. Yeah, we are. We're there. Yeah. And then what Kardashev was picturing was, okay, let's, let's extrapolate that. It's like beyond what we can even conceive of now, where not only do you, are you operating on the same scale as your planet, you're operating on the same scale as your star. Like, you're as big, as the, you're as big an influence as the sun. Mm-hmm. We have no idea how you would do that uh, and stuff, but that was, that's what he was picturing. Could you also help us understand the great filter? Yeah. There's a number, a couple of different ways of looking at it, because that's another answer to the Fermi Paradox. Right. Part of, so one of the ways you can answer the Fermi Paradox is they're just not there. That's why, that's why we haven't seen them. Okay. That the reasoning is wrong somehow. And one of the answers is there's a, there's a, great, a great filter, something that prevented them from being there. And there's a couple of different ways to look at that. One is to say, we think that the origin of life is just a natural process, and given enough time, it's going to happen. Maybe there really was something very special on Earth. And there is a filter. There's every, every planet, it's got the organic material on it and stuff. Um, once, you know, it has the chance of developing life, but there's actually a, a, a filter, you know, only under very, very specific conditions is it going to happen. And so that filtering process sort of stops life from ever developing because it's just, it's too, it's too specialized and, and it's too accidental. Or if you're religious, you can say, look, it took the hand of God to come in and, and turn those organic molecules you know, into life. But at any rate, so that's one way to filter things. Like well, in this. other words, I'll, I'll put it in simple terms. Yeah. One way to say that would be that if there's a if there's a filter process, we got through it. Yeah, we go, yeah we're the lucky ones. Yeah. But we shouldn't go around and and assume that everybody else got through it, and that's why they're not here. Right. So and and then another 
another way that people look at the great filter is when you reach our stage of civilization, this type one, where we've got as much power as the planet has, we kill ourselves off for one reason or another. Well, that that's part of the great filter theory is that it's ahead of us, right? Yeah. We haven't, we haven't gotten to it yet. We haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. <laughs> is the universe infinite? It may be, and I don't even know what that means. I mean, you know, it's the the answer is possibly yes, but I can write down the equations, and I but I I can't picture at all what that really means. But but yes, it's possible the universe is infinite. Is the Fermi paradox correct when uh, it states that when we here on Earth look up at the sky and see stars, we're actually just looking at a very small neighborhood of the universe? Yeah, that doesn't really have anything to do with the Fermi, right. Fermi paradox. All right. All right. Yep, we. Um, we are looking very much just in our neighborhood. I mean, all the big telescopes that we build are trying to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. And we've actually made really good progress. When you look at the stars, you are looking at the very tiniest little neighborhood. It's like being in your own house and looking around the room. I mean, that's it. And if you thought that was what was out there, it's only the room in your house. You have no idea. So, but the telescopes we build now have taken us much closer to the edge. I mean, there is an edge to the universe that that's not it's not a hard edge. Um, it's just a uh, what we call a horizon. It's a distance beyond which you can't see. And the reason for that is the universe is only thirteen point seven or two point eight billion years old. If the light if you, if an object is so far away that it would take longer than that for the light to reach us, then we can't see it. The light just hasn't gotten here yet. So effectively, there's a limit. There's and what we call a horizon. We have seen a reasonable way out to the horizon now. So the universe may be infinite, but we've seen a good fraction of what it's possible to see. Man, what if you got to the edge and then what do you got? Another black hole? <laughs> you just fall off the edge and see you later. Well, this our, is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean the this concept, the the edge that I'm talking about is it's not a real edge. Mm-hmm. It's just a horizon. It's like you can sail past the horizon. There's no surprises there. It's just more Earth. And our current picture of the universe is yeah, you could go past the horizon and you would just see more universe there. So it's not a real edge in that way. I'm going to read you a paragraph from the story that exposed me to this paradox. Moving forward, we have no choice but to get completely speculative. Let's imagine that after billions of years in existence, 1% of Earth-like planets develop life. If that's true, every grain of sand would represent one planet with life on it. And imagine that on 1% of those planets, the life advances to an intelligent level like it did on Earth. That would mean there were 10 quadrillion or 10 million billion intelligent civilizations in the observable universe. Yep. What the hell? (laughs) 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 Thus thus the paradox that Fermi said. Where the hell is everybody? Do you you not have enough to worry about? No, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Larry, this is such a wonderful break from the stuff we normally worry about. (laughs) Professor, where do you think we are uh, in reference to the great filter? Do you think it's still ahead of us? Oh, man, I hope not. I, That'd be the worst headline ever to be, show up in a newspaper. Because that's almost certain doom, is it? It is. is it not? It's absolute doom. Yeah, well, it's, but it's one that's under our control. And I believe in the end that people will recognize dangers and, and respond to them. We might not do it 
as efficiently as we would like. We, we may not do it in time to solve all pain. I mean, you look at how we respond to crises and you ask, okay, well, we had this Ebola stuff. Oh, we should have acted faster. So I think that we're always in the, in the position where we're not acting fast enough. But in the end, I think we'll do it. And I think we'll do what we need to. And um, I'm, you know, I'm hoping. One of, the, one of the interesting questions that I ask my students um, is, if you could take the one day before you die and just bank it, go to sleep, bank that one day, and then come back in reasonable health for one more day, when would you come back? And some of them are afraid to come back too far in the future because they think we'll have wiped ourselves out. Some of them, are, you know, just want to come back and see their grandchildren or great-grandchildren and stuff like that. But it really gets to this question about how long do you think civilization will last? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm an optimist. I guess I am, too. Uh there's no other way to there's only one way to be and that's an optimist i think that's true i mean i think that if you're a pessimist about it you might as well just give up for right for, for you know forget garage logic because what does it mean in the great scheme of things if we're all going to kill ourselves off i wonder if garage logic is being heard you know 12 billion light years away on a radio frequency streaming yeah it, streaming it. it actually we just got an email yes it's gork from uh, orb <laughs> So, a uh, question about higher intelligence life. Yeah. Um, it, do you think there's life out there, and do you th- um, do you think they're ignoring us, or do you think we just don't have the capability to discover them or hear them yeah, or so whatever? That, that, that's the right. So we're in purely speculative mode. I'm not speaking as in the expert. It's just my speculation. I'm I'm uh, I think they're out there. And they're just not in contact with us yet. Do you think it's smart that we're trying to contact them, <laughs> or are we? Uh, are yeah. We... In fact, there's uh, one of the more f- famous astronomers who worked on the question of extraterrestrial life was Frank Drake from Cornell University, and he developed a, a tool for calculating how many intelligent civilizations out there. And the telescope that he was kind of responsible for and stuff has done some of these searches for extraterrestrial intelligence. But later on, he he basically came to the opinion, we better not send out any signals because we're too fragile compared to the higher intelligences out there, and we don't want to advertise our our presence. So I'm not sure where this is going because I just... I forgot your question, and I was waxing eloquent. I, I think you answered it. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I think you did. I, I gotta, I gotta ask you a question, but I, I don't want to take. I, I love the plane of conversation we're on, but lately we have learned uh, more and more of reputable people, uh, Air Force pilots, for example, uh, describing things they cannot understand and witnessing things they cannot understand. Uh, does that fly against the idea of their of us being visited? I think, first of all, I've read some of those things. I think they're really cool. Yep. And I think that given the fact that these are reputable people, it deserves investigation. Yeah. Now, we have over and over and over again been fooled in the past by really strange things, whether it's weather balloons or very complicated atmospheric patterns or whatever. But I think it's incumbent on us to take these seriously and figure out what it is that they were seeing. You know, and if one day it turns out that it was an alien, I'm in for it. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. 
So I, I don't dismiss those things because these are guys that are not making stuff up. You know, they're reputable. They're right. seeing it. And um, the only responsible thing to do is to investigate it. Maybe they're visitors from 10 million light years away who are just terribly amused at watching uh, newbies like us try to get through things. <laughs> it, it could be. Yeah. could yeah. be. Professor Rudnick, I can't thank you enough. You're our go-to guy for this. so uh, A pleasure. Great we'll be in to touch with you. you again. Thank I, you, I, sir. I feel Wait a like we, we should have him on for another two hours, but I, 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 I just I don't know what to ask. You and have yet to, I, you I have, have to give me my own show. Or I have so many questions, but I don't know how to phrase them. Yeah. That, that's okay. Take your time. Yeah. I'll, I'll come back. We'll talk. We'll okay. talk. Thank you, sir. Okay. Since you're a Trekkie, warp speed, yes or no? Yes. <laughs> yes, okay. He's all in all right. on warp speed. All right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Professor Lawrence Rudding, University of Minnesota. I don't know. I, <sighs> I, did you learn anything? I got it. Nailed it. I got it all. Mm-hmm. Chris will, uh, in the next part of the podcast, he will reveal what he learned right. during the... I'm going to bring you back to Earth, to your local fundraiser, yeah. your charity, yeah. your charitable work. Uh, you need to get a hold of big time sports auctions to help you with your silent auction. I doubt they have an alien division, no. but they got everything else. But this beats a napkin and a wine bottle. You know, yeah. you're going to get great portraits, uh, photos uh, uh, from sports and entertainment, and they, uh, big time sports auctions will do everything. They'll come to your event, they'll set it up, they'll create the bidding, they keep a portion of the proceeds, you keep the rest, they clean it up, they do everything. All you do is take credit for a great. Great event. When you sit in there on those committee meetings where you're planning it a year before, be the hero of your committee. Raise your hand and say, I got the auction part, not a problem. Well, no one gets no one gets pumped up to bid on a gift card. Right. But what if you had ten to fifteen framed prints of Minnesota's favorite sports figures? You yep. can you can do this with big time sports auctions and it doesn't cost your organization any money up front. Call Steve at Big Time Sports Auctions, six one two seven one eight. 3629-612-718-3269, or go to btsauctions.com. That's btsauctions with an S dot com. Well, we're all going to try to cleanse our brains here and be back in a moment. Cigars, whiskey, great conversation, and a chance to win a free humidor and a box of Stogies. If that sounds good, you got to check out the Ashton Cigar Grand Tasting at Sodi Cigar and Pipe in Stillwater. Friday, July 26th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Tickets are only $10 and include whiskey tasting, dark chocolate, almonds, and a free Ashton cigar. Also a raffle to win an extra-large Savoy humidor and a box of Ashton Symmetry cigars. Buy five Ashton cigars and receive one free raffle ticket. Buy one box of Ashton cigars and receive 10 free raffle tickets. Come out to Sodi Cigar and Pipe for the Ashton Grand Tasting Friday, July 26th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Get your tickets now at Sodi's Cigar and Pipe, located right off of Highway 36 and Osgood in Stillwater. Details on the Grand Tasting event on July 26th and the shop itself are available at Sodi'sCigars.com. Sodi'sCigars.com. What happened here? Hi. Uh, what happened? I got you. I got it. <laughs> you cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Unless you're an alien, then right. you can stop him. The mutant cyborg. <laughs> it's somewhat disheartening to realize that 
you can talk to Larry all that time, and I really don't know any more than I did before. That's <laughs> right. not, I'm not indicting him. He's no, great. He's no. our go-to guy. I'm just saying uh, I, I don't like, get it. I'd like to listen to his theories, though, because mm-hmm. he's he's been around it. I'd like to hear what he has to say, and he's not trying to the sway. The cynic in me, though, keeps going back to this seems like a giant we don't know that. Well, of course well, it is. Well, yeah, it has to be. I don't think anyone's in denial of that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it is interesting to think that we're the only ones. We're the only ones? Nah, I don't believe that. There's stuff out there. Given this vastness, mm-hmm. we're some other planet's national park, which gets to Kenny's Petri dish theory. We're some other planet's toy plaything. Experimental deal. I'm done thinking about it. No, but tell your, <laughs> tell your story about the anthills. Well, it's no story. I mean, if you'd, you'd go around in the woods, you see... Big giant anthills. I mean, some of them are they're they're literally huge. I right. mean, they're the size of a tent. But that's one and of the as, analogies in this. And as they creep in closer to your house, you you make more note of them. And and if you see one on the edge of your yard mm-hmm. that's the size of a beach ball, mm-hmm. well, it's time to you know it's time to eliminate that. Right. Or we're going to have ants in the house. Right. So you park your lawnmower over the top of it for five minutes, and no more anthills. Right. <laughs> But you, you, yeah, that's you, how I get rid of them. In, okay. in the piece, in the piece we both read about the Fermi paradox, uh, anthills are used as an analogy. Yeah. And then the next day, you're walking in your woods and you're seeing the anthills, which it, totally freaked you out. And then yeah. you had to oh, I don't drive know. to town. And yeah, Ryan, the, the whole thing freaks me out, Joe. It's unnerving. All of this is, and all of the options are. are unnerving i agree with you but at the same time i take the well there's nothing we really can do about it so enjoy the ride and this all came to light the fermi paradox due to your uh, email from a relative a a nephew told me about he said i emailed you about the fermi paradox four years ago you never responded i said what are you talking about he said i'll resend it i don't think i don't think we're past the filter I think the filter's ahead of us. Well, if the filter's ahead of us, that's the one. We'll, we'll I guess be, that's why I'm so disturbed about. Well, all that of means this. that everyone alive at that at the at the junction of the filter is going to be wiped out. We won't be around unless the filter's tomorrow. That's my optimistic mm-hmm. take on it. What's, we're still uh, we're still going to have to deal with the filter. Party like it's the last day. A lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of astronomers and astrophysicists say when they look up at the sky, they they're saying no news is good news. Yeah. In mm-hmm. other words, they. But we're fine. No yeah. news is good news. It. I'd like to congratulate the two of us because we uh, talked to him for over 20 minutes and not one of us cracked wise. Well, because I warned you. Self-restraint. Yeah, that warnings really don't do much for us, though. We, well, it we, worked, didn't it? We felt, no, we just were very interested. Ryan McLaughlin wants to know, can you or one of the boys post some pictures of the Russian flashlight? Would love to see that magnificent relic. I've done it. It's on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I, th- I thought Twitter. you did. Yeah, it's yeah. a piece of junk. You didn't like it? <laughs> it's a piece of junk. The guy who sent it to me, he's not offended. He sent it to me because it's a piece of junk. Oh. Remember the Russian flashlight I gave you? It was yeah, the, it, was it made the noise. Thing. Yeah. yeah. You had to charge it with your hand yeah. in order for it to work. Here comes the enemy. Right. <laughs> so it, you had to charge it by yeah, squeezing it, like, it? It sounded like that the kid's toy where you're... Yeah. yeah. And then it would really? light up. Oh, yeah. How long did the charge hold? 10 seconds, yeah, not 15 long. seconds. Not yeah. long enough to light up the enemy. I it gotcha. was pretty cheap. It was a birthday <laughs> gift for him. So I... Beach Boys anniversary today. 57 years ago, they re- released uh, what would have been their first song. Which um, was one. Wait. Surfer girl or uh, surfing USA? Surfing. Uh, sur- just surfing. Remember, surfing. Yeah. 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 Something Dennis yeah. can handle on the 
on the drums. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's come back and talk about uh, Johnny Heights newscast. Oh, okay. okay. Hey, GLers, DK Mags is the best gun shop in town. No hyperbole. Well, at least for this firearm aficionado anyway. And I, I got to tell you, I've been to most of them. Their website, dkmags.com, it's a good place to start if you haven't heard of them. And if you've never been to their shop up in New Brighton, at dkmags.com, you're going to find fair pricing on a very vast selection of firearms and accessories. DK Mags has been all the rage since 1999 because of, well, uh, uh, number one, the friendly service. No matter who you are or your level of expertise or lack thereof, they treat us all the same. And number two, the staff, buku knowledge and no attitude. If you're just getting started or maybe you just need another toy, gunsmithing, holsters, ammo, you name it, DKMags.com in New Brighton is the best gun shop in town. Oh, hey, uh, be sure to check out their other location up in Monticello. It's called Monticello Pond and Gun, just another part of the DKMags.com family. Uh, They're located right in the heart of Gumption County, Monticello Pond and Gun and (laughs) DKMags.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Well, it's the end of the world if the great filter is, be- yeah. is is still to be encountered. Here's John Height. John, did you stink it up on Saturday, you non-practicing no, fools? We, we had a blast. It went really well, actually. Uh, much better than it should have. And and the people enjoyed it immensely. We good. Had, we had a good crowd. And no fights on stage? Uh, no fights on stage, no. no we great. decided to wait till backstage to Fun. do that. So. But you had a, a nice turnout. Yeah, there was, uh, I'd say, 70, 80 people there. How many GLers? Uh, 20, 25. Cool. At least, yes. Cool. Very cool. The St. Louis Park City Council will return to saying the Pledge of Allegiance prior to its meetings. The council unanimously voted to return the recitation of the pledge at its Monday night meeting. The pledge debate wasn't even on the agenda for Monday night, but that didn't stop a few hundred people from coming into City Hall to share their opinion on the issue, a lot coming from St. Louis Park and all across the state of Minnesota. Michael Smith from Eden Prairie said, I want to make sure our traditions continue to be recognized because this is a great country. But last they're still going with, we didn't realize that this would become such a big deal. Yeah. Uh, last month, the, the council voted to eliminate the pledge because some thought it was an issue of diversity. Mm-hmm. Wanted to make sure everyone felt welcome. That has nothing to do with it. They're still missing the point. And they're acting burdened that they had to take this vote. Right. Mm-hmm. Some on the council became emotional Monday night when they spoke about how they've received death threats. The mayor called this one of the most challenging times for the city. Even though the vote was unanimous, each council member took time to share their thoughts on the controversial topic. Council member Steve Halfin said, I've concluded I made a mistake and I am sorry. Council member Tim Brosnan said, this is America. I pledge allegiance to it. As we strive to have liberty and justice for all, please let us have our liberty here and respect our local control. A, a death threat over this might be a little bit over yeah, the top. Well, really, that's a little too yeah. much passion. There's death threats on everything lately. Well, that's pathetic is what it is. is. It really is. Yeah. Anyone missing a python? Nope. That was the question. Burnsville police. Serpent. Uh, right here. Serpent. <laughs> Good one, Kenny. Yeah. That was the question Burnsville police were asking after finding the snake Tuesday morning. In a social media post, an officer shown holding the python with the caption, It's not just dogs we find out on the loose. It's unclear exactly uh, where the python was found, and so far nobody has claimed the python. Well, it would make sense that you could pick it up because most likely it would be tame. It was probably just got out of somebody's house. 
Yeah. A tame snake. Huh? Well, I, I would not do that with a cobra, but we've learned from Monty and two dogs over the years that uh-huh. yeah. they're pretty docile, and you could probably pick them up. Just well, you go ahead. You, you, yeah. you didn't tame cobras; they dance. Remember? <laughs> oh yeah, the, uh, we got have the funny hat. <laughs> Former U.S. Senator Norm Coleman underwent surgery Monday at Mayo Clinic to remove the cancerous part of a lung. Last August, Coleman learned that the throat and neck cancer he began battling in 2015 had spread to his lungs and was at the most advanced stage. After heavy doses of chemotherapy, Coleman said the tumor was gone. However, his doctors had him undergo a program of intensive radiation for five weeks in hopes of crushing the disease. Coleman then wrote on a Facebook post this month, cancer is unrelenting after a follow-up scan showed a spot on his lungs that doctors thought could be either radiation irritation or recurrence of the disease. Another scan five weeks later showed the spot had grown and biopsy determined the cancer had returned. Coleman said Monday's surgery would remove about a quarter of his lung and cut his lung capacity by 15 to 20 percent. How old is Norm? Fifteen? Did I read fifteen? No, he's got to be older. Than he's that. in his early sixties, early to yeah. mid sixties. He's one hell of a fighter, isn't he? I would say mid mid to late sixties. Now that I think about it, he was a roadie for ten years after yeah. at Woodstock. Nope. That's nineteen seventy. He would have been twenty, right? He is sixty nine years of age. Yeah, right. August seventeenth, he'll hit seventy. Yep. As the House of Representatives prepare to vote on a resolution condemning the president's tweets over the weekend about four minority lawmakers, the president continues to lash out at the freshman Democrats on Tuesday, questioning why Congress was not rebuking them. In a string of tweets throughout the morning, Trump also insisted his tweets are not racist, saying, quote, I don't have a racist bone in my body. You had uh, one of the funniest all-time tweets yesterday, by the way. Ooh, That's John. coming up in the next segment. Suit? I'll take care of it. You got that I'll one? take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> one of us has to reread what uh, Alyssa um, tweeted this morning. And if I read it, I'm going to butcher it because she uses a lot of $5 words. <laughs> did you retweet that? I did. Yes. Can you call up I don't your have Twitter? My, I don't have sitting? my phone. I have it. The resolution scheduled for a vote Tuesday night strongly condemns President Trump's comments. With his tweets today, Trump made clear he doesn't want Republicans to support the resolution. At a news conference, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said he would vote against the resolution, encouraged other Republicans to vote against it as well. McCarthy said he did not consider the tweet to be racist. I'm going to have John read it because John... Oh, I have it right here, Kenny. Okay, don't... Don't mess it up. From Alyssa Algren at Alyssa Ruza on Twitter. The people who are fulminating over Trump's <laughs> tweets are the same people who refuse to condemn anti-Semitism, pushed a conspiracy for two years, condone Antifa, and overlook bigotry within their own party. I'm not defending bad rhetoric on either side, but the hypocrisy is incredible. I agree with that, however. I have gone after what's her name for anti-Semitism, and I went after Trump for this. I think they're both egregious. Yes, and horrible. I agree so, with you. Yeah. But yeah, well, she's, did everyone? She's right, though. Kenny didn't get the homework assignment. Did you guys complete your homework assignment by yep. reading the Wall Street Journal piece? Yep. Reluctantly, yes. Right. <laughs> oh, I assumed it was the Fermi stuff. Oh no, no, was, that's uh, that. No, well, tell me what AOC's, it is, so I can look the it brains up. behind AOC. And uh, we're going to get to it after John's okay. news. I hate going in unread. Unread. Well, Unread. You, you had an. Uh, what, tell us what your absence yesterday was due to your truck getting damaged. Never mind that. Tell me what to look up. I want to know what it's what, what, posted on the GL Twitter account, Kenny. Both articles. I'll, I'll look it up now. All right. One was a Washington Post piece about Chakrabadi, uh, AOC's chief of staff, and he's the puppeteer. And he's admitted that the Green New Deal 
and it had nothing to do with uh, the environment. It's a transformation of the American economy. And then this one that Rook just handed you is a Wall Street Journal piece. All right. Thank you. Written by a a female. I got that coming up. Don't worry about it. Top one. Top one. (laughs) White House advisor Kellyanne Conway defied a congressional subpoena to testify Monday before a House committee about alleged violations of a federal law regarding political activity. Conway rejected the subpoena at the direction of President Trump. In a letter, it was written to Miss uh, written it was written that excuse me Miss Conway, as senior advisor to the president, had immunity from testifying. White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham also issued a statement calling the committee's efforts to get Conway to testify a purely political campaign to harass the president and close advisors. The committee voted to approve the subpoena after Conway declined to testify voluntarily. A government watchdog recommended last month that Conway be removed from her post, citing what it called repeated violations of the Hatch Act. The Hatch Act is a federal law that prohibits political activity by executive branch staff. Now, she's the one with the husband, right, who's yeah. very anti-Trump. How's that household going? That's, that's got to be a weird, weird situation. Yeah, because George wrote a piece today for the Washington Post uh, saying his last... Uh, his last holdout was he never thought Trump was a racist. He thought he was everything else in the world. But he and and now uh, Conway wrote for the Washington Post. Now I I'm taking that back. He's a racist. Uh, she also had a very weird press conference this morning where a reporter asked her if she thought uh, the president's uh, tweet was racist, and she replied by saying, "What is what is your ethnicity?" Which yeah, <laughs> it, nope. it came across uh, very strange. Great grade schoolish, huh? It came across. Well, what are you doing? Very strangely. As more than a million people on Facebook say they're attending a joke event to storm Area 51, the U.S. military has responded to the plans just in case anybody actually does. Air Force spokeswoman Laura McAndrews told the Washington Post that military officials were aware of the event that aims to uncover the alleged conspiratorial secrets of the military installation in Nevada. McAndrews didn't specify to the newspaper any security plans at the base, but he did issue a warning. Area 51 is an open training range for the U.S. Air Force. We would discourage anyone from trying to come into the area where we train American armed forces. The U.S. Air Force always stands ready to protect America and its assets. Maybe that means they'll shoot you. Yeah. <laughs> mil- so that's the official warning. <laughs> oh. Military's you know, we're, we're training here. I wouldn't uh, want to walk across the 40-yard line. Don't if I cross you. the white yeah, line. Yeah. The military's response comes after about 1.2 million people responded to what uh, apparently is a satirical event as going. You know what this is Facebook. proof of? We have way, way too many people out there with nothing to do. Apparently. That's what yeah. we have in this country. Yeah. And social media. Is Plus, like, after talking to uh, Larry Rudnick, the universe is far more interesting to me now than Area 51. Uh-huh. What am I supposed to learn from Area 51? Right. It's really? a scrubby little hunk of desert where they practice flights. It's like when you were in Arizona and they charged you 15 bucks. Oh, look at a hole in the ground. <laughs> Big crater hit it. <laughs> Hundreds of land crabs invaded a Florida neighborhood after heavy rains fell in the area. Did you see this video? No. No. It was. Can you eat those? I, I don't know. Uh, I'm already crabs. itching. Yeah. Land crab. Oh. The, uh, they, and they were, they were big, too. <laughs> Dan Skoronsky, a local <laughs> resident. Boy, you, you, you people have mines in the gutter. You just yeah. have mines in the gutter. Yeah. That's a full body shave is what that is. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Could you help me out with that, Suchi boy? No, I can't. (laughs) Oh, God. Dan Skaronsky, a local resident in Port Port St. Lucie, a city on the Atlantic coast, captured footage of the invasion, put it on social media. The video shows 
Lots of uh, crabs, dozens literally, crawling around his yard and home while Skowronski describes what he's seeing. He says they must have got rained out of their holes. They're everywhere. They're more scared of me, though, than I am of them. He noted this is not the first time it's happened in the area. He says it usually happens about once a year. According to Skowronski, many of the land crabs were relatively large specimens, about six to seven Ooh, inches long. Gross! I pulled up video from the New York Post. Yeah, isn't that... That's, uh, Pretty good size, he said, with real big claws, real big crab claws. Hopefully he didn't have a cat outside. I don't even know what the hell a land crab is. Well, that's I what didn't know there was one. It's a crab. Despite Small. The, despite the fact that the crab's crawling all over his house, he didn't seem to be too phased, managed to see the funny side of the situation. He can be heard chuckling to himself in the video as the crustaceans scurry away from too him. Too small to eat, wouldn't you, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I'm not going to tie into a mess of those. They, they don't look very attractive. No, no they don't. Recently placed on the housing market, commanding a handsome but not exorbitant price given to its L.A. location, a two-bedroom home on Waverly Drive is described as spectacular. Features an expansive living room with gas fireplace and Italian tile floors. It's also the site of one of America's most infamous double murders, the dwelling where followers of Charles Manson carried out their second Mm -hmm. night of terror. The California home described as, quote, one of a kind, where supermarket chain owner Alino LaBianca and his wife Rosemary were brutally murdered August 10, 1969. Recently went on the market. It's listed at $1.98 million. Listing agent Robert Giambalvo said it's so spectacular. How spectacular is it? Single-story, two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bathroom in the Los Angeles neighborhood of Los Feliz. Manson follower Leslie Van Houten, who has spent nearly half a century in prison, had said that she and other cult members stabbed the wealthy couple to death in a psychotic bid to provoke a race war that had been prophesied by Manson. Even though the Waverly Drive home was the site of a brutal killing, Giambalvo told CBS LA that it's all over the board about whether the house's past will have an impact. He said it's been nearly 50 years. I'm not sure it's going to be a big deal for some people. Well, are the name, are the words still uh, scrawled in blood on the walls? They are not. That is the one where they uh, they uh, put... Helter Skelter? Yeah, but it was... Helter. Helter Skelter, oh, yeah. Love that song. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. Then I turn and I look and I go for a ride. And I get to the bottom and I do it again! Or something like that. That's it. That was very wow. good. I'm really? impressed. If you want to be in the band. Oh, thanks. No, <laughs> no thanks. It doesn't pay well. No, no. Uh, that song actually, of course, is about a, a, a ride that, not a ride, but like a teeter totter. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, oh. that's what the actual thing is. Kenny, you missed my report yesterday for my weekend travels. Oh, all how'd that go? All the motorcycles I encountered. You went to uh, Iowa. Went to Dubuque. Uh, and I just saw legions of motorcyclists. Legions, and I'm sure many of them are dealing with Dennis Kirk uh, now or have been and will continue to. DennisKirk.com, a Minnesota company, trusted retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for you and your bike. Doesn't make any difference what kind of bike you ride. DennisKirk.com has you covered. And if you buy a helmet or apparel item and it doesn't fit or you don't like it or you got FFLF, not a problem, DennisKirk.com will even pay the return shipping. Uh, $89 orders ship free. Yeah. And you order by 8 o'clock today, you're getting what you need tomorrow. Bam. 
And this is going to be a great – we're entering a great stretch of riding weather. I would go on a road trip with nothing but a spark plug wrench. Mm -hmm. And I'm a notorious overpacker. Tools, parts, gears. i got to have an extra chain in there. Because your theory is you just call it. Better have another sprocket. I'm going to need a couple of extra turn (laughs) You don't have to do any of that. You stop at wherever you are and call DennisKirk.com. Give them the address. The stuff will be there tomorrow. tomorrow. That's how good it is. Mm -hmm. It's so awesome. Satisfaction guaranteed. And by the way, thank Thanks to Dennis Kirk for their continued loyal support of Garage Logic. Yes, I agree. Uh, you guys know back to the Manson story. Uh, yeah. Do you know what Manson thought was going to happen? Everybody no. has everybody. What was yeah. the race war? What was, was the race war? Yeah, he thought there was going to be a race war. And what was the Beatles song that he thought really signaled that? Helter Skelter. No. Nope. No. Can't hear it. Bluebird. Blackbird. Blackbird. Blackbird singing in the middle of the night. Take these broken wings and I don't know. That was the song where everybody fly. got up to use the bathroom at Target Field. Blackbird? When he played Blackbird, no, wasn't no, it? it wasn't, yeah, God. It was just, That's uh, one of the, of course, okay, you're going to make me say it, aren't you? Yep. Of course, somebody might have left the Paul McCartney concert early. <clears throat> because right, he had his pregnant wife with him, and uh-huh. she made the rules. I, it, you know what? If my pregnant wife was with, with I'm still not leaving a McCartney concert early. Well, so, hey, Ringo joined him in the L.A. The I saw night. that, yeah. yeah. The so drummers just cool. sing. Though, and I think he did both. Didn't huh. he? I'm not sure. I saw one small clip, short clip. I don't know if he... I'm racking my brain. I'm trying to think. It, it, were, it was uh, African-Americans were going to rise up right. and do what for why? Uh, because uh, he, he thought there was a coming race war. That was in the time of the Black Panthers and everything. And right. He thought uh, they were going to come uh, to find their place in society, and his group was going to have their own little... Area where they could hide out. Yeah, well, and so he was trying to, to speed him. that up and blame yes. these murders on well, on uh, black people. Yeah. yeah. So helter skelter. How'd I got out for you, Charlie. Yeah. I have a little confession to make when we return. Ooh. Really? Have you noticed the consolidation happening to commercial insurance agencies today? This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. The big just keep getting bigger, and you and your business continue to get passed around until you become a dreaded house account. You have been consolidated. All of this was done to you without your control. Get options and take control of your company's insurance program. Have the Canopy Group help you gain a commercial insurance strategy that makes your business more attractive to the insurance industry. The more insurance companies that we can get interested in your business, the more competitive your pricing will be. If your business is renewing in March, April, or May and is paying less than $80,000 in premium, don't accept being a house account. Get the attention you deserve with the Canopy Group. Visit thecanopygroup.com or call 800-967-3389, 800-967-3389, The Canopy Group. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Souchere. Okay, yesterday I gave uh, two homework assignments. One was to read a Washington Post piece on uh, Chakrabadi. Yep. What's his first name? Uh, <coughs> Chukra. Chakra. Chakra. Uh, Alexandria Occasional Cortez's uh, uh, chief of staff, and how he admitted to a fellow traveler in the climate change wars that the Green New Deal uh, initially was never intended to have anything to do with the environment. It's all about the reforming of American. 
uh, he, he wants to solve the ills of the world. He's got her as her, uh, she's his uh, uh, mouthpiece. Right. He's pulling the strings. And so the only really chance you have to correct the ills of, the, of this country is, is capitalism and the free market. But he would just as soon blow that up and, and start over with a system that has repeatedly been proven not to work anywhere in the world, right. which is socialism. So anyway, you guys read that. Then the other uh, homework assignment was to read the Wall Street Journal piece by uh, Ayan Hirsi Ali, who I mistakenly uh, uh, thought was a male. Yep. So... Got it. So, Correct so, it. It's a female. And you announced that on social media. Yeah, I did. Uh, no. I'm almost done with that piece. Okay, back to uh, the most significant part of Hersey Ali's article. Uh, uh, Bert did his homework assignment and sent me this. Islamists have understood well how to couple Muslim anti-Semitism with the American left's vague notion of social justice. They have succeeded in couching their agenda in the progressive framework of the oppressed versus the oppressor. Identity politics and victimhood culture also provide Islamists with the vocabulary to deflect their critics with accusations of Islamophobia, white privilege, and insensitivity. A perfect illustration was the way Ms. Omar and her allies were able to turn a House resolution condemning her anti-Semitism into a garbled intersectional rant in which Muslims emerge as the most vulnerable minority in the league table of victimhood. Mm. That's a good paragraph. Now back to uh, Ayan Hirsi Ali, who I misidentified. No, that, I, I just read that came out of this. Right. That's right. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going back to the author of this piece oh, now. Oh, all right. Ayan Hirsi Ali. Uh Anybody remember her name? Now that I've now that I've been alerted to it by Tim, emailer Tim. Anybody remember not, her name? No. It's not ringing a bell. You may not have remembered her name, but you probably recall the event in 2004 when she first came to prominence. Ayan Hersey Ali was a member of the Dutch Parliament in 2004 when she collaborated on a short movie titled Submission with the Dutch filmmaker Theo van Gogh. Oh. The film depicted the oppression of women under fundamentalist Islamic law. A few days after the release of the film, Van Gogh was assassinated in public by a Muslim extremist. A letter affixed to his body by a dagger said the murder was in retaliation for the film and its views regarding Islam. The letter was addressed to Ayan Hirsi Ali and called for a jihad against America, Europe, and Hirsi Ali herself. Uh, following the out this outrageous act, tens of thousands of Dutch citizens poured into the center of Amsterdam to mourn Van Gogh's death. And I've later learned uh, wow. th that uh, Ion Hersia Lee uh, is an occasional guest on uh, what's called PragerU, Dennis Prager's mm -hmm. uh, uh, podcast, vid Video University. Mm -hmm. here. And and so uh, I, my error in in uh, believing that uh, I was reading the work of a guy, I was reading the work of a gal. But you and, were still complimentary of the work. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. I don't care what gender she is. I just made a mistake yesterday. And uh, she's she's got it figured out. She's got a GL soul going for her. But it makes you, it makes you wonder because in the piece she said she had to unlearn mm -hmm. the hate. Mm-hmm. And which was driven into them from day one. And I also Blame think we learned that we can't uh, appreciate uh, or or overestimate the, uh, the the groundswell of Muslim anti-Semitism. It, it, it doesn't get talked much, right? Uh, talked the, about much. 
but it's there. The first thought that I had after reading the Washington Post piece was uh, recall a couple of months back, we all watched the film Behind the Brains of AOC, and we kind of scoffed at it and said, well, this can't be true. There might be, I believe it. And I, I think that this country is at a terribly dangerous crossroads In right what now. sense? That there is an underswell and an, an agenda of overtaking this country, and I think everybody well, else needs to wake up and it, realize what's a, going on. It's obvious, Chris, because it's already happened in mm-hmm. in uh, Holland and in uh, Europe, all over Europe, actually. And we're too afraid to be—we're we're trying to be so PC in this country that we don't want to offend anyone, when yet we realize what's going on right now. And it's it's it's. Terrifying. I would like to hear uh, Hershey Ali's take on that theory. Yeah, good point. Why don't we try to get her as a guest? Because I, I have a, a, a dear f- Mister Ali. Yeah, <laughs> a friend of mine, uh, <laughs> former Surprise Dutch, a former Dutch citizen, was born and raised in Holland. And uh, boy, you should hear him rant on this topic. Mm-hmm. And he is a far left liberal in this country. Does he wear the and he's shoes? ranting about the uh, increase in the uh, Muslim uh, populations. Correct. And uh, correct. And how it was a lot for this uh, old hillbilly to wrap his brain uh, around when he went on this rant. Because I'm like, well, wait a minute, you're a Hillary supporter, mm-hmm. and yeah. Does it, he wear those wooden pointy shoes? <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. Oh, I just hate you. I bet Nobody, you couldn't get your hillbilly he, eyes around that he, either. He did live in a windmill, okay. ironically <laughs> enough. Jeez. You know why I don't think Trump is a racist? Oh, because boy. if there was a black person that could do anything for him, he'd be the first to sign the deal. Uh, I would agree. You know what I mean? I, I, I would agree. I, I really, I think he's... Uh, really inelegant, and, oh. and that was the that was the dumbest. No, it's beyond inelegant. You, you would know not to say that to someone, especially no. as president. Go back to your comfort. Go back to where you came from. That's that's stupid. I think he's not smart enough, street smart enough to know you you can't say that because nobody would say that. I don't think he's racist. I think he's worked with no, everybody. I don't agree with you too. You know, here's another way to look at him. I don't either. But he he has fought in the big leagues of New York City in a tough... This is what I was... This is my line of thinking, too. It's a, funny, and we haven't talked no, about this. He, he has fought in the, in the big leagues of real estate development, mm-hmm. and he has done deals all his life. Right. And, and uh, you know, what can you do for me, and here's what I can do for you. Yes. And because he was playing in the top echelon of that league... It was always had to, this is just my speculation, okay. it always would have had to have been no holds barred, yeah. what you told somebody, yeah. no holds barred. Absolutely. And he has taken that same unfiltered view of life to the White House, where and has managed to shock the entire country with his decadence and his, his profanity and his stubbornness and his bullying. Uh, but I got to think, that's the... That's the business world he was operating in, that he just, but no holds barred. But here's where I think your theory and Rook's, your, where it's flawed. Okay. Because that all might be true, but he still thinks that his race is superior to others. I don't think so, Chris, because I, do. I don't see how anybody could get to that. I mean, you could completely discount the fact that he's the president of the United States. I don't think you can get to that level of success being even a shadow 
quiet, behind closed doors racist. Well, remember this, too. I, I just well, don't think it's possible. Remember this, it? too. The word racism no longer means anything. Well, that was my next question. It's just, a, just well, another t- uh, bullet to fire at somebody. What does that mean for him to be racist? He doesn't want to do business with Jews or Asians He's or done blacks. business. He'll do, that's why I say He'll do business with anybody with a serpent. If he can, if he can make, he if will. he can make a dollar, he'll do. He doesn't care who you are, Johnny. There are a million stories that well, you got to tell us. I, I want to know. Well, yeah, for instance, his casino. You've heard that story. No, tell if, me. If he and Ivanka were going to his casinos in New Jersey, uh, they asked the managers asked that all the black employees be in the back room so that Ivanka and Donald don't see them. Okay, uh, then he's racist. Are you kidding me? No. no he's racist. You didn't know that story? He's a racist pig. I had no idea. Yeah, that's wow. Fairly, yeah. If that's, if that's, that's the conf- case and it's credible, then, then I would say that's he's confirmed. a... That's confirmed. That is racism. Do you think his views on the Central Park Five are racist? I certainly do. Yeah. And I'll get emails, but yeah. <laughs> he still thinks they're guilty, even though DNA proved them innocent. Right. Like, oh. Because they're black kids. You know? Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, he still still says they should should have been but again, convicted. Oh, you're making a case for me. Okay, but I'm again, it, step back going here. back to the business Can't sense, though, Joe, because emails. you did make a good point in that. Yes, of course, if it's going to make him a buck, he'll do it. Yeah, that doesn't mean though that it takes him off the hook for his views. No. <laughs> well, no. No, he's. Send your email to Jay Height yeah, at GarageLogic.com. Yeah, but <laughs> why bother sending email? I mean, is it, is this factual and proven? Yeah, well, the this stuff isn't about just, the Central Park Five certainly is. No, he still I, says I it. mean the workers in the hotel. It, yeah. Employees at his hotel said that. At, at, it's not, it wasn't the hotel. It was a casino we owned. The employees said they were told. Atlantic Man, City, right? Yeah, managers yeah. were told to make sure the black employees were not visible, shall we say. Holy crap. Uh, when he was there. Wow. Well, why didn't more of that come out in the campaign? Yeah. I've seen these stories constantly. I don't Me know. too. Yeah. There's a really good Atlantic piece, actually. Wait, from how about, did I see that and Joe didn't? From like two what months. <laughs> yeah. There's an Atlantic right. piece from two months ago. Uh, well, with the way that people like to dig dirt on the guy, you'd think that this would be well But I don't think, Kenny, that mo- the, the people that vote for him or you know follow him, they don't care. Right, and I, I don't think I'm indicting anybody. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying probably, I don't. I don't think that that matters to as them. As I said yesterday, and I think Boy, no, for instance, for instance, his tweet. He knows what he tweeted, and he tweeted it because there's a base of his. And I'm not saying everybody that's a Trump fan. I'm just saying there's a base that could care less yep. that he said that. That, that and that's a statement. That is a statement that's been racist since I was ten years old. Go back to where he came from. There, and there's so many ways he could have done oh, it without yeah. doing it the way he did it. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I'm uh, I've been really uh, struggling with uh, the thought, the thinking process of uh, new Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, mm-hmm. and uh, she seems to have some wonderful, wonderful ideas about how wrong our country is in a lot of things. And I, I note she was born in Somalia, which has really got some really bad issues and. Maybe maybe she could better serve the world mm-hmm. by going back to uh, Mogadishu and helping reform that country, and then uh, having done so successfully, she could come back and give us the the uh, her wisdom on yeah. what she accomplished. Would he have been in trouble for that? By far the uh, worst yeah. Donald Trump impersonation I've ever <laughs> right. heard in my life. Would he be in let's trouble for that? No, let's I'm not, let's but, hear yours. Here's why he would. It. He would be just because, the, as John mentioned, there is a section of people that will just attack him no matter what comes out but of here's his mouth. The, or here, no matter what even if he had said it that way, here's the problem going back to this. 
Islamists have understood well how to couple Muslim anti-Semitism with the American left's vague notion of social justice. Uh, so, in other words, he, he could say that, and I could see where Omar would condemn him for that. Sure, sure. yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Sure. Even though he said it in a way that uh, was, was not racially motivated. Here, here's the other thing, too, about this conversation. Uh, for instance, I will now get email uh, telling me how much I like these four congresswomen when I'm not a fan of any of them. Right. The, so that part of the political spectrum just assumes that if you say something about Trump, you're if you have any critique whatsoever, oh, you're a left wing liberal, right. you know, nutcase, which couldn't be or further not. from We're the truth. We're yeah. I have no, I, you know, if it were up to me, Ilhan Omar would not be in Congress, and neither would AOC, and you know. So well, I, I cannot wait would. to see how their uh, that St. Louis Park area, that population, uh, does when she runs for a re-election. She's, she, her, her, she's raising a fortune. She's already raised six yeah. and a half million dollars. Yeah, but those the the people uh, really, the ones in Minneapolis that were Phyllis Connors are probably going to shoo her right in again. This little part of um, Cedar Riverside, which people other than me have dubbed uh, Little Mogadishu, is a uh, I'm sorry to use the word, so it's a scary part of town. Hmm. It's a dangerous, scary part of town. Well, in, in, you know, physically, uh, what? How, how crime. so? How so? Crime, uh, crime drugs, drugs, and uh, violence. Somali on Somali crime? On everybody crime. Yep. Well, yeah. Who was it on, that on said? On each other, yes. Who was it that said this, uh, this is going to be trouble? Uh, the Reverend Tim. Reverend Tim that's Tim right, that's right. Yeah, he said this is... We're going to have big problems here. And the problem is you've got a mayor, an empty suit mayor, that's more worried about combating climate change than he is worried yeah. about crime in his city. Yeah, I'm not going down and sit on the rooftop of Crave. But it's it's a shame <laughs> because there are so many people, hardworking people, people like Kenny that live in that area. They don't want anything to do with downtown anymore. Yeah, because I don't, I don't bother going down there. Because no. I took my wife and kids to a Sunday afternoon Twins game three, four, five weeks ago, whatever it was. We got harassed at 11.30 on a Sunday just walking to Target Field. It's it's not worth it. Do you ever take the kids swimming? Once in a while. You know, do you, do you take them to a beach that's been free to weeds by Aquaside? As long as i got a cold one in my hand, they can swim wherever they that's want. That's the only kind of beach to go to. <laughs> you got to have a beach or a pond. You know, a pond would be good for you. Weedless is what I want. <laughs> yeah, you want a weedless and you yes. get a hold of Aquaside. They've been keeping lake shores uh, free of weeds for more than 60 years with a complete line of lake and pond control products that will take care of everything from weeds to algae. The products are easy to use. They work right away. They're registered with the EPA and DNR. The products are safe. There's no reason to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Hell, do both sides of the dock. What if I Even don't all know, the boats on one side, do that one too. What if I don't know what kind of weeds I have? They'll tell you. Okay. They'll Good. figure it out for you. All right. Uh, they'll identify your weed problem, make sure your place looks great all summer long. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350, 1-800-328-9350, or go to Aquaside.com. Beautiful. We'll be back in just a moment. Towsley Motorsports proudly carries Polaris off-road vehicles perfect for your next outdoor adventure. Towsley has the perfect Polaris model for you, whether it's an ATV or side-by-side. Polaris's hard-working, smooth-riding vehicles are perfect for the farm, trail, hunting, and virtually everything else. You'll enjoy the innovative comfort, durability, and handling you need to tackle tough terrains like high ground clearance, independent rear suspension, and my favorite, contoured seating. 
Stop into Towsley Motorsports, conveniently located in White Bear Lake in the corner of County E and Highway 61, and then get set up with an amazing off-road vehicle from Polaris. Warning, off-road vehicles can be hazardous to operate and are not intended for on-road use. Polaris adult models are for riders 16 and older. Always wear a helmet and be sure to take a safety training course. Towsley Motorsports, selling fun since 1971. Where are we now? Let's do this. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> Here's a guy that doesn't know how Justice to tweet. and the Suchere. Joe Suchere. What happened 50 years ago this morning? Oh, oh, oh. I know. Uh, blast off. Yep. <laughs> I forgot that it had taken the guys uh, four days. The Saturn V rocket-carrying astronauts Neil Armstrong, Edwin Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins launched from the Kennedy Space Center at 9.32 a.m. July 16, 1969. And four days later, man set foot on the moon. Question. Mm-hmm. How fast would it take us to get there today? Do you think well, the same amount? I think amount? we're going back, aren't we? We'll find yeah, out. We're supposed to. We're going to okay. find out. Two hours. Yeah, let's. I mean, let's speed things up here. Let's. Uh, if that, if Walter Cronkite, if Walter Cronkite wasn't already the most uh, known uh, man in news, that that moon launch certainly made him so. But I think he's before think these he, uh, before these guys landed on the moon, Joe. Didn't we send a crew up there just to circle it and come back? I think so. Yeah. They're sitting on a pontoon Saturday night on uh, winter, uh, Lake Winter in Wisconsin, looking at the big giant moon and a planet right next to it. Think about this. They had never been there before, and they were going to do a lap around the moon, and then they got one shot to make it right back to Earth. And one wrong estimation, one wrong guesstimation, they would have shot right by Earth and Mm. missed us all together and kept going into the abyss. <laughs> yeah, and then think about that stuff they were traveling in. That rocket was crap. The it was a bunch of junk would have taken them to the next galaxy. <laughs> Pretty neat stuff. It sure bound the country together. It really did. Now, what what, they, this is a dumb question. I, I understand that, but was it an exclusive? So did one network carry it all, or or was this all over the place? Oh, it was all over the it place. I have it in my mind that that was a Saturday. We looked at uh, hmm. look up a 1969 calendar. What I've day was July been, 16th? I've always been under the impression that I saw this. That my parents woke me up. I was three years old. They oh, I, oh, I was. I, I paid I, rapt I, attention. I, didn't, too, I, I yeah. didn't remember this. I must have in my mind a moon landing later on because they went what two more times, yeah, right? Well, at least, yeah. So I'm sure I saw a moon landing later on hmm. uh, in the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, did you, did, Joe, did you go outside to see if you could see anything mm-hmm. that night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so did I. Mm-hmm. You Complete nerds. dorks. How do you not? Yeah. Oh, my God. How do you not? Yeah. You'd have to. Did you go out with a telescope? Nope. Just went out with the naked eye. Look at that there. I think I see a flag. <laughs> <laughs> well, see here is John. Oh, wait. Speaking of that, uh, we got the great photo. Yeah, there's speaking a photo of the, of the GL flag on the moon. <laughs> I'm going to post it to the oh, Facebook cool. page for Let's people see. to see. July 16th, 1969 was a Wednesday? Yes. All right. So the... Twentieth was a Saturday. The twentieth was a. Uh, That's the day they landed, right? Sixteenth was a Wednesday. I was a four. Seventeen Thursday, eighteen Friday, nineteen Saturday, twentieth was a Sunday. So it was a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. How did everything work in those cramped quarters? How did uh, 
You notice Buzz come out of the portal and go, oh, sorry, guys, i got a, I got a moon landing already. You know, wouldn't that you be know, a little difficult? Why don't you just... Were they wearing diapers? What was I, going on? You know what? That's that's none of your business. Neil, can I get some moon paper? That's a legitimate question. <laughs> it's all been explained. Tight. It's all been explained. Because I've always wondered that about, uh, like, Native Americans and Lewis and Clark and... Uh, you, you, I'll be over here. Mountain men. Uh, you know, there were no handy wipes. No. Neil, Buzz, look away. Look away. It's all been uh, described uh, carefully and technically. Yeah. Well, if you really. care to I'm research, not see that on PBS. But are you strapped we, in? We for went from days? one of the most magnificent things in American history to wondering how Lewis and Clark right. cleaned their rear ends. Right. <laughs> that, that's does, the beauty of GL. That doesn't bother you at all? <laughs> well, no, nah, I hadn't thought I, about. I it. hadn't really either. I hadn't I, thought I, about. Huh. It. What's Who wrong? drew the short straw? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my thought uh, thing is, Kenny? I always wonder. All the food we eat, the vegetables, who tried it first? That's me too. I always wonder. What, you got a cucumber? A guy saw a cucumber Probably the, and went, hey, the, the I'm going to try this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think of how much stuff they tried the, that killed them. Somebody would have just keeled over, <laughs> yeah. and the next guy said, Yeah, we're not eating those. That's yeah. out. That's so out. now we learned yesterday bugs are back. How yeah. many yeah. bushes did they have to smoke before they discovered? <laughs> Really good quality. This is weed. the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These are the questions. <laughs> this isn't that Palestinian bitch weed. <laughs> this is the good stuff. Palestinian. Well, let's read some news, okay. shall we? Uh, let's do one state fair story first. Oh boy! Popular treat makers. Well, who thought to eat a fish? Yeah. Well, they're in the Bible. That's true. I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jesus was one of the best fishing guides ever. Yeah. Yeah, he Th- rocked. Throw those nets over here, you dummies. Yeah. Come on this side of the boat. You're right off a drop-off yeah, there. Yeah. Throw well, some well, aquacide in there. You need to be about a foot off the bottom. Well, and if you did that and you start, then you ate cows, were there, I suppose there were tribes that probably ate people too, right? Because I, I they, it's imagine. flesh, you just cook Ooh, it up. and Yummy, look at this fat. Yeah, hang on. All right, then. <laughs> anyway, the state fair. Rookie, you'd be leftovers yeah, for a week. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm very I'm very marbled, very marbled. Wow! How could I? How could this happen to me today? I, 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 we know. had some really great stuff. Apollo Eleven was crazy. You know what we're doing? We're playing catch up. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Popular treat maker at the fair will not be back this season. Uh oh! According to state fair officials, Granny's Kitchen Fudge Puppies. No, are we familiar with those? Yeah, I, I don't know them. They won't be serving up their rolled Belgian waffles on sticks this year. Why? A statement from the state fair indicated the owner notified fair officials in November in 2018 she wouldn't be back for this year's fair, but. One of the vendor's employees expressed interest in continuing the business at the fair and filed an application. However, fair officials said it became very challenging to move forward with a potential new license holder due to the previous owner's continued involvement. Because of this, it was determined that it was in the best to revisit this application for 2020 huh. and beyond. Yeah, they don't just transfer over. But don't they have a great spot? Aren't they the ones where we walk down past the, uh, the big slide? Aren't the aren't they the ones? This talk's the making me nervous. Oh, that the, the the fair is around the corner, it and really that is, is really a sign of fall. Yeah, you know what happens a week yeah. from Friday. I do. The Vikings are in camp. Mm-hmm. That's wow. That's but, wrong. That shouldn't bah. happen yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's already bah. winter in your world, isn't it? Well, we're in we're in a nice long autumn. I can't figure right. it out. Okay. Yeah. Granny's Kitchen Fudge Puppies have been at the fair since 1990. The former Minneapolis police officer serving time for the killing of Justine DeMond behind her Minneapolis home two summers ago has been relocated to a facility outside of Minnesota out of concern for his own well-being. 
according to a state correction spokeswoman. 33-year-old Mohammed Noor had been in Minnesota's Oak Park Heights prison before his transfer late last week. Uh, Sarah Fitzgerald is a Department of Correction spokeswoman. She said Noor's new location can't be made public, but an online search of the North Dakota Corrections website located him about 450 miles to the northwest in the state prison in Bismarck, North Dakota. She added that Noor and his attorneys do not have a say about where he serves his time. She also did not get specific on the circumstances behind the move, but did say there's been no incident involving Noor's safety since his time in state prison. Otherwise, she said the totality of the circumstances, including his role as a police officer, were taken into account when determining the best placement for him. A Cold War Soviet nuclear submarine met disaster 30 years ago when it sank in the Norwegian Sea. That led to the deaths of 42 sailors. But instead of lying peacefully at the bottom of the sea, that sub, called the Komsomolets, is leaking radioactive material deep beneath the waves. Oh, great. Several samples collected by an underwater robot from and around the sunken sub's ventilation duct show it's leaking high levels of cesium, a radioactive element, according to the Norwegian Institute of Marine Research. Some of the cesium levels are about 800,000 times higher than normal levels in the Norwegian Sea. However, the IMR notes the radiation does not pose a risk to people or fish. How could it not? Yeah. Yeah. What a, yeah, John. Then why is this a story? Yeah, John. Yeah, John. How, how, how far down is it? Uh, Somebody needs to go down there and take care of that. Yeah. Putin. That's not there. Yeah, Kenny, I don't know. Let's get this handled. 400-foot sub, by the way. Uh, it would, uh, went, uh, started on fire. April we are 1989. <laughs> what are you thinking about? Federal prosecutors will not bring civil rights charges against a New York City police officer in the 2014 chokehold death of Eric Garner, a decision made by Attorney General William Barr, announced just one day before the five-year anniversary of Garner's death. The announcement not to bring charges against Officer Daniel Pantaleo comes a day before the statute of limitations was set to expire in the case. That case, you may remember, produced the words, I can't breathe, among Garner's final words, as a rallying cry among protesters of police treatment of black suspects. Senior Justice Department official told the Associated Press prosecutors watched video of the confrontation countless times, but weren't convinced that Pentaleo acted willfully in the seconds after a chokehold was applied. Uh, chokeholds is against, uh, the use of chokeholds is against New York Police Department policy. North Korea's new constitution, which analysts believe is meant to lay the groundwork for a peace treaty with the U.S., formalizes Kim Jong-un's position as the country's head of state, as well as commander-in-chief of the military. A previous constitution was vague on those points, calling Kim only supreme leader and commander of the overall military force. Now it declares him the supreme representative of all Korean people. A lot of the inner workings of North Korea... Or else... Right, or that's the last line. A lot of the inner workings of North Korea's leadership have been unclear, the subject of speculation in the past. In practice, Kim Jong-un is the leader and the only one in any position to make any kind of deal with other countries. A Kentucky man who went to the doctor with an irritated eye. Mm -mm. I I don't like this already. Got the unsavory news that his eye had a tick inside. Oh, oh Jesus, wow. John. What the hell? <laughs> How did he not see it coming? <laughs> hey! Put a boom! Hey! Uh, WIMT Television reported an optometrist used tweezers to remove the tick from no. Chris Prater's eye. No. Prater works for an electric company. He had left a job site where his crew had removed a tree from power lines when his eye started bothering him. 
He noticed a tiny spot on his eye, tried to flush it with some uh, eye drops to no avail. Finally, he went to the doctor, admits he got scared just a little bit. That's a quote from him at the diagnosis. After numbing Prater's eye, the doctor removed the tick. Prater was sent home with antibiotics and steroid drops. Prater says he does use a lot of bug repellent before he starts work each day, but he says you can't spray it in your eye. Well, he's going to get a tick-borne disease, isn't he? Not I, not every tick. Well, has, I'm, has a I'm, I've grown deathly afraid of ticks. Yeah, rightly so. It's but, really ruining my life because I no longer look for golf balls. Oh no! Oh, it really God. is. Jeez. He's letting you in, folks. Come on in. You are such a wuss. I don't want to get oh, Lyme disease. Well, I know, but they don't always. We got listeners who've had that. It's dreadful. I'm it plowing dreadful. through grass at this point of the year yeah. that's as tall as my head. Well, good for you. Always blasting through it and crawling around. And you got in shirts it. on with the sleeves cut off. Yeah. Here we go. Kenny. Hey, by the way. Huh. What was that cool potato gun you had on Twitter? Yeah. So you strike me as somebody that's fired a potato gun in your life. I have. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Oh, that thing looks sweet. I did not. I did not fire it at all. I I stood back because this was my first first time around a potato gun. But it's all built out of stuff you buy from the big box yeah, store. PVC, PVC and a, a grill ignition mm-hmm. button. And uh, hairspray, mm-hmm. and you stuff it in there. You've got a ramrod, and you spray the spray the hair, hairspray in there. Close the mm-hmm. cap, and you just go click. And the first time he fired it, he fired it out into the lake. And I stopped looking. I'm like, yeah, it must have blown up, and it must have blown up in mid-flight because it's never going to land. And then way, 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 way out there. Wow. Bloop. Yeah. And then he fires it. Then he fires it at this stump, and, and we were pretty close. And it ripped the bark right off the stump. <laughs> it was the coolest thing I ever like saw. You hicks know how to have some fun. And then, a little later on in the day, when there had been some imbibing going on, <laughs> he, he fires it at a much smaller tree. And one of my other buddies goes, "And what about your neighbor's house over there?" No, no. No. He goes past the tree, through a little wooded area, and thwack! And there's a hole in his neighbor's oh, side, no. the size of a can. Oh. It is so goddamn funny. I could not, oh my I could God. not stop laughing. Thankfully, the neighbor's doing a remodel in the siding is it needed. Wow. So then the debate was, should I tell him or should I just let him try to figure Figure Let him figure it out. Yeah. It'll be like the light rivalry part two. Oh my god. I tell goodness. you how stupid how much of a city it I am. I saw it, it was a tweet from Kenny and all it said was mashed potatoes. Mashed and potatoes. And it showed the video of it. I looked at it for half a minute, having no idea what that meant. Yeah. And then I just closed it and I, about a minute later and oh wait, I bet that was a potato we, gun. We went into town for breakfast and he goes, I gotta go over to the grocery store and get some potatoes. It took him ten minutes. He picked out every potato in the well, bin and looked at it and turned it around. It was like, nope, not this one. Not and, oh, look at this one. This one's perfect. How do you know? And the whole time I'm thinking, I know Such and his brothers have one of these. I know they've done it. It's and been I, a while. I know there's a story there that yeah. we're never gonna no, hear not on gonna the hear. air. No. <laughs> Say, Spencer Grunhofer is doing oh. slider patties now, including bacon and cheddar, cheese curd, regular, and a brat patty. Rookie burger is a ribeye burger, com- oh, rookie burger and ribeye burger 
combo pack now available. A new lasagna brought an incredible chicken brats, not to mention 130 flavors of pork brats. I've not tried the lasagna brat, but that, I bet, is really good. These are grilled. Don't dare boil them. Your grilling brackets are underway. Hawaiian versus jambalaya. Blueberry wild rice is taking on Parmesan garlic. Hell yeah. Uh-huh. Parmesan garlic. I have had that one. That wins every time. Tomato basil against archo tequila. Ancho tequila. Really? Oh, there's Ancho all kinds tequila. of bracket okay. possibilities, huh. not to mention all the meat you ever want. Beef, steaks, it's bacon, season. ham, all cut to perfection. These guys are professional meat cutters. Spencer Grunhofer and the gang, they'll help you with it. The north end of Hugo. And call Kenny and his kid. They'll do the side dish with potatoes. (laughs) They're They're at the north side of Hugo, the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. You can't miss it. Big red sign. Grunhoffermeatmarket.com. Scientists are closing in on a long-sought goal, a blood test to screen people for possible signs of Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia. Would you want that test? Would you, would you want to yeah. know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'd want to know if they could do something about it. On Monday, What's the point of knowing if they can't do anything about it? On Monday at the Alzheimer's Association International Conference, half a dozen research groups gave new results on various experimental tests, including one that looks like it's about 88% accurate at indicating your risk of getting Alzheimer's. Doctors are hoping for something to use during routine exams where most dementia symptoms are evaluated to gauge who needs more extensive testing. Current tools like brain scans and spinal fluid tests are too expensive or impractical for regular checkups. Uh, Maria Carrillo, the Alzheimer's Association's chief science officer, said we need something quicker and dirtier, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Dr. Richard Hodes is director of the National Institute on Aging. He called the new results very promising. He said blood tests soon will be used to choose and monitor people for federally funded studies, although it will take a little longer to establish their value in routine medical care. An Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research poll last year found that most Americans would want to know if they carried a gene tied to a disease, even if it was incurable. Yeah, but then I what? So. Then what? Yeah, like Such said, wouldn't you rather have something that would cure it? Yes. Otherwise, if you're 40 years old, you get this test, you're going to sit around for the next, what, 30, 40 yeah. years worrying about this? Yeah. That, see, that's why I said at the beginning. Yeah. Would you want it? No. I, w- I would want to know. Who are we meeting at 2 o'clock? Oh, we're going to meet some uh, new people courtesy of Kenny and uh, and the, uh, what are they called, Kenny? Help me out here. The Coffee Grounds people. We're going to have a sponsor for the Krabby Coffee Shop. Really? Yeah, we're taking this baby on the road. and, and uh, All thanks to Such. You talk to my... <laughs> You talk to my attorneys about it, and uh, we can work something out. This is a, it's a takeover. It's like a coup. Yeah. It's, it's, this is a coup, Matt. Well, a he coup. has named himself Supreme Master, uh, like Kim Jong-un. <laughs> yeah. It's in the Constitution. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. Or else. Or you know, else and, the and you say I hope the Pioneer Press doesn't sue you. You say your fiduciary, <laughs> your fiduciary contributions, that, uh-huh. that means money, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's of right. which I have not seen oh, one yeah, yeah, penny. Yeah, yeah. Not well, one I'm, pouring penny. It into, I'm pouring it into the business. Yep. I'm pouring it into the business. We'll call it ROI. Don't yeah. forget the, the CP is independently wealthy, that's so right. she can outlast yeah. any yeah. litigation. That's what I'm Are you told. willing to take the Krabby Coffee Shop on the road? Absolutely. And do, we're going to do county fairs. We're going to do you little, are, apparently. little <laughs> yeah. town parties. You, you are, that's where your role is. That's going to be fantastic. <laughs> I think it's, it's wonderful. He's a people person, oh, isn't yes. he? At the yeah. fair? Yeah. Those wow. are his people. You right. are corrupt to the core. Oh, I am. It's See you tomorrow, GLers. Okay. We'll let you know how that meeting goes and how the fight goes.
Hey, speaking of that, we're just talking about new sponsors. If you'd like to be a sponsor to Garage Logic, we'd love to chit chat with you, which is what we're going to do now after the show with these coffee people. GarageLogic.com, GL Joe at GarageLogic.com, Rookie at GarageLogic.com. Send us an email. We'll get it in the hands of the right people. Also, we got some great features on our flagship website, GarageLogic.com. What is on Joe's bookshelf, Author's Corner, or the drop-down feature button where you can find Greg Holcomb's latest creations? It is Garage Logic podcast version. Check out all the episodes that you haven't listened to right there, right in front of you, garagelogic.com. Thanks, Brian.